How am I sounding, by the way? You sounded great at the start, then you moved something and you sound shite. Davis. <laughs> oh, pardon me. <laughs> dear. If it's no yourself that you're dropping, it's your fucking iPad. Uh, you can tell me about it, mate. Can you put me in hold for a wee second? I'm desperate for the toilet, all right? It's been a while since you've done that. I know. Is that your mental brother-in-law that I met at your wedding? Aye. Good point. Well made, Barbara. Thank you. If you didn't watch the Royal Family, you wouldn't have got that one. No, I've got no idea what you're on about, Derek. I'll just agree with you. Well, you should do that anyway, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? I'm very well Derek, how are you mate? I'm not bad, I mean we've got three wins to talk about today as well. I know, still some uh, some heart palpitations in some of the games to <laughs> say, but uh, aye, a, win, a win's a win, but uh, we're just looking for a routine 3-0 victory or something like that, Derek, but it never seems to, to work out like that for us, does it? Well, we got 2-0 against Dundee United, so yeah, that's what we'll need to take, won't it? Yep, definitely. Yes, three games to cover, all wins, so fairly cheery today. Obviously a few talking points, but we will we'll get into that. So we may as well go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. So, Sunday the 8th of January, it was a 2-0 win away against Dundee United in the Premiership. So, we lined up with three changes from the old firm game. That was McLaughlin in for McGregor, Jack in for Kamara and Cholak in for Morelis. So, we lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Barisic, Jack, Lundstrom, Tillman, Sakala, Cholak and Kent. On the subs bench, we had McGregor, Kamara, Sands, Morelis, Wright, Roof, Arfield, King and Devine. Uh, a bit of a game of two halves again, wasn't it, Dave? It was, Derek. It's uh, it's becoming a pattern now, isn't it? I'll not go too too much into it, but as I say, it always seems like a slow, very slow, dodgy start, and then you know we managed to figure it out in the end. Yeah, I mean, I've only actually wrote three notes for this uh, for the first half. It was yep. really another one of these away performances. It was dull, lacking in pace, plenty of possession, but we're running into brick walls in the final third, and that was completely aided by that lack of invention. Ultimately, we were in control of the game, as I said, without creating much. United were hitting us fast on the break. Little came of it. The defence stood up to it. One dangerous moment came on the 24th minute from them. It was good movement from United. The ball crossed in from the left, going right to the United attacker, but a good dive out by McLaughlin to parry the ball away. We had a few shots throughout the half, but really nothing troubling the keeper whatsoever. Story of the the season, isn't it? Yep, totally. The second half, though, a much, much better second half. More in control, and we got the goals as well. At half-time, I don't know if how much this played into it, though. Cholak off and Morelos on. What we thought was maybe just him getting a 45-minute run-out because he was just back from from an injury. No, it turned out to be another injury, which is seems to be quite a bad one now, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a nightmare. He was very, very quiet and wasn't really involved in the first half at all. Derek, which we know can be, you know, a, a part of his game. He comes alive when the ball's actually in the box, but very, very quiet from him. And as we all thought, just like what you said, he's just back for injury. He's not really involved in the game. He maybe wanted, you know, someone with a bit more of a physical presence. That's what we all thought. And then, unfortunately, it turns out that he is out injured again for us, Derek. So uh, not great news at all for him. Nope. However, our best chance of the half so far was on the 49th minute. It was a lovely cross from the left on Barisic, right to the back post. Sakala kind of falls down, gets ahead to it, a good save at close range by the keeper. Again, the keeper didn't need to move though, but it was the best chance. 50th minute, we retain possession, probe around the goal, but lose out. United get up the park, find space and a good shot, but easy enough take for McLaughlin. However, on the 54th minute, we did make it 1-0 with Sakala scoring. 
a superb goal where Sakala was back to goal, passes wide, gets fouled, makes a forward run. In the meantime, the ball was chipped forward to Jack, who flicks it into the path of Sakala with his shoulder, who has a one touch to beat the man, and his second touch shoots it past the keeper. An all-round outstanding goal started by Sakala, a lovely wee, whether he meant it or not, a wee kind of shoulder flick by Jack for it to put on to Sakala, a lovely touch, and then just an even better uh, shot into the near side goal. Brilliant. It was great, Derek, and the, the the guy deserves his place in the team. He's he's been what one of our most consistent performers of late, hasn't he? I mean, ever since Michael Beals came in, he's been playing that sort of right forward position, and you know he'll, he'll run all day for you. Me and you spoke about it. He has got a, a wee bit of the touch of the Kenny Millers, hasn't he? If he's got too much time to think about something, that's usually his downfall. But when he's not got time to think and he, he you know reacts on his instincts. He's, you know, it, it turns out to be absolutely fantastic for us. And as you say, that was just a great move and absolutely de- delighted for him. Great finish as well. Yeah, I, I think it was either in one of the post-matches or the last podcast we said a lot of folk were saying that he's not Rangers class, but he's getting chances and he's scoring every other game, if not every game just now. So, you know, long De- may it continue. Derek, uh, it's, it's Ryan Kent that's been getting all, all, all the plaudits from all the experts out there because he's been playing more central and it's been a master stroke. But I think that Sakala's been, you know, I've, I've just said it, one of, if not our most consistent player over, over the last few, few weeks. I think there's, there's really only been one game that he's really not, not been in it. But the rest of the time, he's been a real danger going forward. So uh, long, long may it continue. And, and, and we all love the guy as well. Like, we're all d- delighted that he's getting a run in the team and he's, he's producing the goods for us. Yes. Two minutes later, though, after all the replays have been done, but I, was, I was just finishing up typing the notes for that goal there. And we scored again, and it was Tillman that scored this time on the 56th minute. It was a poor clearance on the right from Dundee United. Jack picks it up in the middle, gets it forward, passes to Tavernier on the right in the box, who squares it to Kala, who shoots, saved by the keeper. It was poked away, but only to Tillman, who shoots it into the net from about 10 yards out. Brilliant. Yep, just great. The, the the fact, as you say, that we were able, able to pounce like that it shows you how well the players are working when the other team's in possession of the ball. Great to see, and again, great uh, instincts there from Tillman just to, to, to get on the end of that. You know, fo- following it up, that's all we're looking for for our forward players, Derek, just, just for them to follow up any shots. That's what he did. He got the rewards, and, you know, excellent to be going in 2-0 at that stage of the game. Yeah, ultimately the game played out where we were more or less camped in the Dundee United half. They never looked like likely scoring no. at all. Uh, there was a substitution on the 71st minute, Sakala off, Arfield on. Tillman came off in the 77th minute for Roof. And on the 91st minute, Kent and Barisic off, Wright and Devine came on. So, you know, first half really, really poor. Second half much, much better. Would have liked to take a couple more goals, but you, you can't really have a go at a team 2 0 away from home. So. Uh, I'll take that any day of the week. No, it was, especially at Tannadice, Derek. We all know there's, there's certain teams up their game significantly when they play us, Dundee United being one, especially at Tannadice. So, delighted with the result, Derek. And a clean sheet. When was it like? You know, there's, <laughs> there, there's not been a, a, a lot of aim. I thought the defence, that's about the best I've seen our defence play. I was really impressed with Davis at the back as well. I thought this is him because I actually thought he played really well in the Celtic game. And I thought this is him carrying on. This is hopefully us going to see the best of him. So delighted with the result. Yes. So that leads us into the next game that we've got, which was Sunday the 15th of January. It was a 2-1 win at Hamden against Aberdeen in the League Cup semi-final where it had to go into extra time as well. We had two changes from the Dundee United game. McGregor in for McLaughlin and Morelis in for the injured Cholak. So we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Barisic, Lundstrom, Jack, Tillman, Kent, Morelis and Sakala. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Kamara, Wright, Roof, McCann, Arfield, King, Devine and Lowry. First half being the better team, bar two lapses in concentration. Both of them ended up with the ball in the back of the net for Aberdeen, one of which was ruled for offside. 
we've been positive, forward thinking, trying too many crosses into the box from the wings rather than going through the middle. But overall, I was happy in the, in the first half, other than the two, obviously, the, the two chances for Aberdeen. That was really the only two things they had done. But ultimately, the warning signs were there. We had the first big chance on the third minute where it was a short corner with the ball out to Kent and then back to Tavernier. The ball was floated into the box from the right and Sakala with an attempted header, but it hits off the top of his shoulder and off the post and clear. So straight away, unlucky there, and it w- looked as if we were going to be starting on fire. Yep, it's, it certainly did, Derek. It was a fantastic start and really unlucky. It's the one thing, you know, we're talking about Sakala there just before. He's been excellent. Maybe the one part of his game that he's needing to work on is directing his headers and stuff like that. But unlucky there. And we thought at that stage that that was, a, you know, it was going to be an all-out attacking game and hopefully a, a comfortable win. But it didn't quite work out like that. No, certainly not, because really, out of nothing, on the 15th minute, Aberdeen had the ball in the back of the net, but it was about a foot offside. The more worrying thing, though, is it was just really, really poor for McGregor, not playing to the whistle for a start, because he seemed to hesitate coming for the ball when he could have easily got to the ball before the Aberdeen player did when he was in the box, but he also got beat at his near post again. How many times has that happened this season? Because he seems to have this blindside where he's not able to get down quick enough. And is that part of his ageing body? Quite probably. We've been watching him for for so many years and it's become evident last season and and this season that, you know, the reactions just don't seem to be the same as they have been. It's inevitable getting older that these things happen. I mean, look... Look at me, Derek. My reactions are shocking now because I'm an old <laughs> bastard. So, you know, it must, for a professional player, you know, it's it's going to be exactly the same. I think just because we've been spoiled by McGregor o- over the years, being just a bit flawless in all, all his performances, to see these wee mistakes happening now, it's, you know, it's, it's highlighted more for us, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's really such a shame because he is literally a legend of the club. You know, he's going to be on that Hall of Fame at some point. It's sad to see him go out like this because, again, you are only as good as your last game and it is starting to happen with that now with McGregor. Is I wouldn't say people are turning on, on him, but people are aware that he's, he's not the McGregor of old and he is no. costing us goals and he certainly cost us a number of games last season, a number of points last season. Yep. I think, Derek, we'll not go into it just now, but going on to the game that you're going to cover after this, we'll come back to this whole... McGregor McLaughlin thing again because it's it's not quite as clear cut I don't think as to who should be playing and who shouldn't but as I say we'll we'll save that for uh, for for after the next game yeah so but anyway that was ruled offside fortunately 18th minute a bit of a scramble in our box eventually got the ball away did hit off the arm of the attacker but nothing give it you know that's one of these things that seem to not be picked up by VAR 21st minute. Sakala gets the ball in the box after a great back heel from Tillman. Sakala cuts it back, hits a shot, but just over the bar. 31st minute, a quick break. Kent filled, but he had passed to Morelos just beforehand. The referee allowed play on. Morelos with a shot at the edge of the box and just wide. 32nd minute, Kent with a shot just outside the box after some good team play. The keeper with a decent save spills. Sakala shoots with the follow-up, but went wide. 36 minute, corner from the left, knocked out, delivery into the back post by Barisic, Morelos gets ahead to it from close range, the keeper makes a great save, he's behind the line, the ball drops on the line, and despite Morelos claiming it being over, it certainly wasn't over, so Morelos once again, why is he not playing to the whistle? I think again though, Derek, being a a striker, everybody claims for it, doesn't he? I mean, I I don't think it's just him. I think any sort of striker in there will be trying to claim that the ball was over the line regardless. So again, it wasn't to be, unfortunately. Yep. And then again, largely out of nothing, and I think it was only their first official shot on target, Aberdeen scored in the 41st minute. Again, it was just absolutely calamitous. The ball was played upfield by Aberdeen. The attacker was offside, so didn't go for it but yep. neither did Barisic. Yep. Another Aberdeen attacker ran 20 yards to get the ball, he squares it and slips it past McGregor. I mean, several points of failure once again there where <laughs> we weren't playing to the whistle, Barisic never went for the ball, Davis never went for the ball, and McGregor could have done better with the goal, I think, as well. You said it there, Derek, I'm not going to go over too too much because you've covered it all perfectly. Just a complete calamity in defence there, totally the Rangers players just leaving it because they knew the Aberdeen attacker was offside by a mile, but the laws of the game, he stopped, 
And they stopped, and that was it. They were expecting the referee to blow his whistle. He didn't, and again, they stopped. And we all saw what was going to happen in slow motion, Derek, didn't we? We all saw a mile off that they were going to get to the ball first. We all saw that there was an attacker running in, and our covering defenders weren't anywhere near them. And, you know, he managed to score. It was just a, a complete all-round fuck-up by the defence. That's all you can say. Schoolboy stuff. No plane to the whistle. End of. It's just unacceptable, I'm afraid. I was all praise of Davies in the, the, the previous two games, but I feel that he was a lot at fault as well, just as much as what Barisic was, Derek. Yeah, I mean, that's how the, the half ended out. And, yep. you know... It completely knocked us that one because we're playing fairly decent as well up until that point and really just diabolical. Into the second half, no changes at half time. Arguably controlling most of the half until a certain point, but we looked like we had run out of ideas in front of goal. Some nice play on occasion, but we really didn't know what to do within the final third. And that, again, seems to be... We're coming up against the same issues game after game this season and to an extent it's the same thing kind of happened last year as well however then on the 61st minute we drew level with Ryan Jack scoring it was lovely build up with Kent on the left a nice pass to Jack who has a cheeky back heel to Morelos into the box Morelos squares it to Jack who shoots and it was deflected into the back of net if you don't shoot you don't get these chances do you Dave we've said it time and time again I know delighted we scored Derek again I don't think we were particularly playing well, but we were certainly playing a lot better than what Ab- Aberdeen were. And I, up until we scored that, I had a horrible feeling that uh, it was going to be a replay of the cup game that we had a couple of seasons ago when we had to play Sadiq. I was having horrible flashbacks to that game at that point, Derek, that we were just going to dominate the game completely against them and not score. So when we scored, I was delighted but more relieved than anything because I thought if we get one goal, we'll definitely go on and, and, and win the game. So more relief, I think, than anything else, Derek. Yep. But not long after that, and on the 72nd minute, Aberdeen really should have scored because on the left, they crossed in, the player controls it, knocked away outside the box, and they had a shot off the post. It was still not cleared, and then they had another shot just wide. Fortunately for us, it was flagged offside in any case yeah. from the initial cross, so the second part wouldn't have happened and wouldn't have counted anyway. But again, living dangerously at that point, giving Aberdeen the chances. Just after that 73rd minute, Morelos and Tillman off, Roof and Kamara on. 78th minute, our first corner of the second half, which was shocking. And then on the 90th minute, a nice one-two with Lundstrom to Roof and back again. And then a shot by Lundstrom, which was relatively easy for the keeper. And then maybe the turning point, 92nd minute, a red card for Aberdeen. It was a shocking lunge at pace and Sakala by their captain. Can have no complaints whatsoever. However, as typically that happens, the Aberdeen fans seem to think that was an acceptable challenge to do so. Derek, it was completely unnecessary as well. The the area of the pitch that it happened on, that just had to show you straight away that it was a red card. To make that type of rash tackle out on the wing like that, when he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't the last man. He wasn't really in any danger at, at that stage. I he might, he might have got a, a break of the ball, but it was a really reckless, rash challenge in that area of the pitch. Hundred percent, it was a red card. There's, there's no question about it. Yes. So that's how the game ended up at ninety minutes into extra time. Extra time was delayed slightly by about a minute or two because they looked as if they were having issues with VAR. And then they seemed to get it sorted and then the game kicked off. We did make a substitution before we kicked off, though. Lundstrom off and right on. On the 92nd minute, Tavernier with a deflected shot just inside the box, which clips the top of the bar and out for the corner. And then on the 94th minute, we pulled ahead and made it 2-1 with Roof scoring. Right was outstanding down the left-hand side. He absolutely blast pa- blasted past his man, takes it to the goal line, cuts it back to Roof in the middle, who just had a simple cam side foot into the back of the net. It did look at that point as if there was a VAR check. However, it turned out that VAR wasn't working, that the ref had to stop the game just after they started it again to get it sorted. However, VAR didn't come back online. And there was an announcement to say that they were going to play the rest of the game without it. Just, But then it did come back on eventually. And there was another announcement, just absolutely farcical. But the goal itself was outstanding from right, wasn't it? He, he loves playing at Hamden, Derek, doesn't he? 
You know what I mean? The, the, the last time we played at Hamden was in the Scottish Cup final against Hearts, and you know he was he was outstanding in that game. Scored, scored a goal, and he absolutely tore Aberdeen to shreds. Thinking maybe had a wee chip on his shoulder because it was his old team. I don't know, but uh, absolutely outstanding by him on the left hand side. You know, and the simple cut cut back and the the shot by Roof, like you said, was more just like a, a pass. It seemed it seemed to go in in slow motion. For me, Derek, it just it just sort of just sort of a very very sort of casual pass of the ball and in, into the back of the net. But a great goal all, all round. D- delighted for Roof to get a goal, and it got us back in front. And VAR going off, Derek. Surely there was shouts of conspiracy there. They are <laughs> getting you know going off when we scored and then coming back on after we scored. Made for the tension of the game, Derek. But just delighted that we were ahead at that point. Yes, 99th minute, good save from McGregor with a shot just outside the box 103rd minute, Sakala with a shot in the box, deflected just out for a corner and then it was half time At half time, uh, Sakala and Barisic off, Arfield and Devine on we had used all our subs at that point 107th minute, good link up play with Devine and Wright, ending in Wright having a shot from just outside the box 113th minute, concern because Roof went down with a shoulder injury it was a shoulder challenge, a fair one off the ball, he went yeah. down and he looked have landed heavily and uh, he went off gingerly and we eventually got the substitution on for him on the 118th minute where Charlie McCann came on yeah. obviously allowed an extra sub in extra time so it's, he's going to be out for a, a lengthy period of time again it seems. Derek I actually hadn't seen the update on his injury, I knew it was a shoulder problem but I hadn't actually seen any updates to see how long he was going to be out very frustrating for the guy everybody knows my feelings about him I think he's a bit of an enigma when he's when he's hot, he's absolutely outstanding, but he can be very, very sort of lightweight. But go to feel for the guy, comes back in, scores the winner, gets us in two one up at that stage. He's only just back in the team after being out for so long, and then, which seems to be a pretty nothing sort of challenge, he ends up in a lot of pain, and you know that that's him off. So uh, you, you've really got to feel for the guy, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, you summed it up there. It's like, you know, just back from injury, comes yeah. on, scores the winner, goes off injured. I mean, that yeah. sums his Rangers career up, doesn't it? I know, it does, I. And as I say, that's absolutely no, no luck there as well because he is a useful player, Derek. You know what I mean? He, he goes through major purple patches for us where he scores a lot of goals and it's something that, that we really could be doing with and you know you lose him again and like I said I didn't know that he was going to be out for, for a lengthy amount of time so it's uh, uh, it's pretty heartbreaking for, for the guy isn't it? 120th minute just in the last dying minutes it was a long free kick by Aberdeen knocked to the left side the attacker controls and shoots and a fantastic block by McGregor and the last piece of play heart in our mouth again because it was 124th minute Aberdeen up the park on the right, McGregor hesitates to come out, the attacker gets a cross off, cleared at the edge of the box and a shot and a save by McGregor. It all stemmed from right though, trying to take the ball up the park, take his man on rather than just get the ball to the corner, so a bit disappointing that from there from right, yeah. uh, but you know, given how well he had played when he, since yeah. he came on. But you know, certainly that's how the game ended up. Delighted with that, into another final that's going to be on the 26th of February against Celtic. But obviously the talking points that came out of this game as well was VAR, just the farcicalness of VAR just going down, coming back up. As you said, you know, the conspiracy theories ringing out. The fact that the Aberdeen fans and this fucking maniac called Lint on, I don't even know what his proper handle is, on the line, he just every time Rangers play, his videos on Twitter straight away, completely blanks out anything Celtic get in their favour, but it's all big bad Rangers and the fact that apparently Ryan Kent punched one of their players, I mean I've never seen so much bullshit in my life yes there was a coming together, yes there seemed to be a clash, certainly there was a, a motion to try and chuck him out of the way, but to call it a punch was just absolutely a joke, wasn't it? it it's not just be, been him, it's, be, it's been the usual su- su- suspects as well. Derek Andy from SBFL Insider or Inside the SBFL also going, doing his dinger, saying that it was a punch. It was, it was absolutely f- f- farcical, Derek. But again, you know, it's exactly what, what we expect for these idiots, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I loved Michael Beale after it as well. He says, we never had VAR tonight, but they never used VAR last night, which was obviously in reference to Celtic getting away with a, the biggest fucking yeah. 
joke of a yep. decision I'm ever, the fact that Willie yeah. Collum never went to VAR for a, a clear penalty to Kelly, but that's another story. Yeah. Uh, the other, the second talking point from the game, obviously, was the state of the pitch. I know we've had oh. two days of torrential rain, but the, the pitch is never played on. It's been played on twice this season, it was, and it, it cut it, up like that. Aye, it was quite evident early on, Derek, that there wasn't going to be a lot of great passing play in that game. So fair play to Rangers and fair play to Aberdeen. You don't hear me saying th- things like that often, Derek, but to actually get a half-decent sort of cup tie played on that is a credit to the players because it was an absolute disgrace, that pitch. There's nothing, nothing more you can say about it, just a total disgrace. I mean, what is the redeeming qualities of Hamden? I I really don't understand (laughs) it. The pitch is shite half the time. Behind the goals are an absolute joke. You do get a, a decent view when you're you're on the north and south stands, I believe. But you know the, the the behind the goal stands are an absolute joke. The transport to it is is non-existent. Yeah. You know, it's it's like what is the redeeming qualities? Why don't the SFA do something forward thinking? Do you know how much money they could make off the land if they sold off Hamden? They could make an absolute fortune, more money than that you would normally get for a for selling well, a piece of land. It's right in a prime lo- prime area for housing or, or some sort of major development, I, and then use the money to either fund renting out Murrayfields or using one of the other two good stadium, well, one good stadium in, in Glasgow anyway, or build a purpose-built stadium somewhere out in the central belt somewhere. You know, because we're spending money after money trying to upgrade Hamden. But you seem to be having to spend more money to upgrade it than you actually do to build a new stadium. And you go on about, oh, it's the history. But what fucking history has Hamden got, really, outside the Scottish game? We haven't won a World Cup. We haven't won a European Championship. Who the fuck cares? They can't even use the excuse for Queen's Park anymore, Derek, because Lesser Hamden has been redeveloped as well with proper purpose-built stands for Queen's Park to use because I believe that they've had quite a lot of money invested in them as well. I'm a hundred percent with you, Derek. I've had the, the football purists out there saying, Oh, Glasgow's the home of Scottish foot football and that. Fair enough. Just like what you said, Derek, sell it, sell the land, build a new stadium right in between the two main motorways. There's p- p- plenty of land that they could b- build it on and it's still going to be in the Glasgow area if that's what what you want it to be. But it's it's just a farce. We've got Murrayfield sitting there, which is a phenomenal stadium, and it's got all the traffic links and into it with the the trams and the trains and everything. It's it's all there. It, it would be perfect for, for it as well. But I'm afraid I think it all again Derek comes back to the people who run Scottish football, the dinosaurs that are in there, and I can't see it happening. The main stand, the South Stand, is very impressive, Derek. I've been inside it. I've been to the museum. Oh, it's great and. You know, but I've sat sat in it as well. But as you quite rightly said, the rest of the stadium is just an absolute heap of shite. I mean, there's been more historical concerts went on there than the fucking what happened with the <laughs> with the national team. So, aye. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Uh, we'll go, yes. We'll go into the next game and the last game I've got to cover. It was last night, Wednesday, the 18th of January. It was a three-two win away against Kilmarnock in the Premiership. Now, I think we had a couple of changes as well, but once again was the keeper change, which we'll talk about in a second, because we lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Barisic, Lundstrom, Kamara, Arfield, Sakala, Morelis and Kent. On the subs bench were McGregor, Jack, Sands, Wright, McCann, King, Devine, Lowry and Tillman. Now, the keeper situation, that's two different keepers used in these three games. It's been McLaughlin, McGregor, McLaughlin again. He came out after the Aberdeen game saying effectively that McGregor's the number one keeper. And in his press conference last night, he's more or less retired McGregor as well by you know saying that he's not going to be here next year effectively. So what is it? I think Michael Beale's been a wee bit too open in the, the press conferences. But the, the, the keeper situation, it, it needs to be one or the other, surely. He did say that, Derek. He also said after that, that McGregor will be back in goals for the next game. So, so again, <laughs> again, we're completely flummoxed. You gave us the, the, the rundown of the teams there and the only real talking point was the goalkeepers. We all had our thoughts as to why that was going to happen. We'll get into that after the game there. But uh, as the game started, Derek, we were, 
and I don't care who you are, you know, I, I was looking through a, a lot of the stuff on social media before the game, you know, how you always get the, uh, what's your score predictions. I was very, very wary of this game, Derek, because I knew how close Kilmarnock could run Celtic in the cup game. I knew we were playing on that bloody pitch, which always causes us problems. And I did have a few jitters, Derek, as we're about to get into. So the game started off, Derek, and it was basically all Kilmarnock, what wasn't it? And it was their right winger, the boy Armstrong, who was causing us all the problems. Probably the best sort of opening 20 minutes I've seen from a player against us that I've seen in a long time. He ripped us to shreds and it was an early chance for Kilmarnock. An alarm bell should have been ringing for us just in the five minutes across into the box. And, you know, a, a header from the Kilmarnock defender, you know, from nowhere, so sorry, it, it, it was from a corner. There was no challenge made whatsoever by any of our defenders and it was a free header, Derek, and it was just past the post. And I said to my son that I was watching it, I thought, you know, I thought the reason that McLaughlin was, was in tonight was because of this threat. Kilmarnock have got a huge team especially their defenders, and they go for goals from set pieces. And I thought, surely that's the reason that McLaughlin... But McLaughlin was no, nowhere near it. Goldson was nowhere near it. Davies was nowhere near it. And Kilmarnock really sh should have scored. But we didn't take heed of that, Derek, did we? Because just a minute later, Kilmarnock opened the scoring, and it was similar. It was a cross in to the box, a free header again by the big guys that were still up. And, you know, an easy goal in the end for Kilmarnock to score. Just lack of concentration in defence. McLaughlin didn't look confident at all. And, you know, the defence just let the, the defender get in. And it was a header, a, a simple header down in. And Kilmarnock scored. And that whole six minutes they scored that had just been all Kilmarnock. And you would have thought that we would have taken heed of the early warning. But we didn't, Derek. And just a calamity again in defence, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, McLaughlin in absolutely no man's land. And one of the things that he was really good at was coming for crosses. Yep. And that's twice in, in the space of six minutes. He was just absolutely flapping yep. at it. And it never really never really got much better because he had a few brammers as well throughout the game, especially near towards the end, which we'll get into. But, you know, certainly that Celtic game where he was really at fault for, you know, three of the goals, four of the goals, you know, that's just absolutely knocked him, I think, and he's clearly a confidence player yep. and he's just no go to it anymore. After that, the star man of the, 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 the game so far was Kilmarnock's right-sided mid midfielder, uh, Armstrong, who was outstanding. He was ripping up other players big time. He was taking the piss out of Barisic multiple times. If Kilmarnock had a more competent strike force, I believe Derek we would have been down even more. But thankfully... Thankfully, we started to grow into the game after the 15th minute, and it was in the 16th minute we had a great chance, and it was Conor Golson had a free header from corner, and it was a great save from the goalkeeper. Really unlucky that we didn't pull level there, but we only had to wait another six minutes until we equalised, and it was a fantastic goal for Rangers and a fantastic move. It was a Tav with absolutely incredible ball, to fashion Sakala down the right-hand side, pinpoint pass, he bursts down, gets to the byline, looks up, puts the squares the ball back, there's Alfredo Morelos at the back post, great finish by him, loves playing against Kilmarnock, always seems to score against them and gets the equaliser, a great goal, Derek. It was all about that lovely dink over the top of the defence yep. to Sakala, that's what, it was, that's what made the goal, ultimately. Excellent goal. And then a couple of yellow cards. Armstrong got his first yellow card. There have been a lot of niggles there, especially between him and Morelos. I find that quite strange considering the positions that the two of them were playing. Derek, they seem to be uh, having a good sort of go at each other throughout there. I know what you're going to say. I know me and you are uh, got d differing opinions of Alfredo, but there seemed to be a, a bit going back and forward. But Armstrong got his first yellow card not long after that, just because of the, 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 the constant fouls that he was putting in. Apart from that, he was having an outstanding game. But then on the 36th minute, totally baffled, Alfredo Morelos gets a yellow card, basically for putting in a challenge and not being able to get out the way I still honestly don't know what he was booked for, Derek. I don't know if you 
got a look at it, but it seemed to be that because there was one the the, the Kilmarnock player was booked, he thought he just might as well the first sort of slight incident that happened, they would just give Alfredo a yellow card. But I think he was just getting booked because of who who he was. It certainly wasn't any you know any bad or rash challenges that were put in at that point. No, definitely not. It wasn't even a foul. That was the best yeah. So I, I'm I'm absolutely baffled for that one there. Yep. So. Again, it was a bit sort of, even Stephen at that point, we were getting mo- more of the ball, not really do- doing much. Kilmarnock had a chance in the 41st minute, shot for the edge of the box. Thankfully, it was straight at McLaughlin, but again, no challenge from the defenders or the people in midfield. 44th minute, a great passage of play from Rangers, starting to, to take control, uh, cross in, into the box, which was he- headed away there, a shot from John Lundstrom straight at the goalkeeper, and that was when the referee blew uh, the half-time whistle, so certainly finished stronger, Derek, with better position, but not a lot of clear-cut chances in the first half. No, just disappointing the way we started off again. We certainly started to come back into it, but why can't we just get a 90-minute good performance from yeah. the team with two two or three clear goals? Yep. Anyway, into the second half. Rangers starting off on the strong foot and we only had to wait six minutes into the second half for Rangers to go 2-1 up. And it was a strange one. It was just a long ball from defence right up the middle of the park. Ryan Kent had stayed onside. The Kilmarnock defence didn't judge it at all. Kent sort of ran. Great control from Kent, to be fair, through sort of, uh, in, into the box, but more to the left-hand side. Could they really get a shot away? Sees Alfredo Morelos making a run on the right-hand side. Plays the ball out, out to him wide. Alfredo t- takes control of the ball. The Kilmarnock defenders are back, but he looks back, plays the ball back towards Ryan Kent, who was now at the edge of the box. He takes a touch looks up and fires a fantastic shot, low into the corner, past the goalkeeper, absolutely tremendous goal by Ryan Kent, Derek, and that was us now leading 2-1. I mean, what a ball to Kent in the first place, that was an outstanding ball, and then just outstanding from Kent, you know, you were talked about it before, Kent, you know, he's getting a lot of praise, and rightly so, because he seems to have this kind of free role now, and he's not just getting chucked out on the left, it's it's been refreshing to see, he's starting to, you know, earn that contract if he's if he's going to sign it, I know I think he talked about it last night, but you know, certainly it was a, a great all-round goal, but the, again, the, the long ball up the top was the thing that made it. Very strange for us scoring a goal like that, Derek, because it's very, very few, few times that we've seen us scoring goals from us. You, you know, a long ball out, out of defence like that. But uh, no, absolutely delighted to be uh, two one up at that stage. And, and like I said, especially on that pitch, the control that Kent showed was was fantastic. But 59th minute was a great through ball uh, again from James Tavernier to Fashion Sakala. Again, gets to the byline and cuts the ball back. Absolutely fantastic ball by Sakala right over the face of goal. All it was needing was for somebody just to, to be in the right place, right time, and there'd been a simple goal, but no takers, unfortunately. Then, big talking point, 60th minute, Kelly go down to 10 men. And it was that boy Armstrong that we had been talking about, Derek, the good and bad at certain players, the guy who had been outstanding the first part of the first half. He got yellow carded and then for me it was a straight red Derek I don't care what anybody said a challenge with Barisic nothing in it but he just raised his his elbow right into the face of Borna Barisic it was a clear red card to me he only got yellow carded but it was his second yellow card and he was off the field what what did you make of that one Derek? Uh, For me it was a straight red card every day of the week I, I don't know what the referee was thinking of there I don't know what the player was thinking of as well for the fact that he was going nowhere it was absolutely needless and he, he just done that. What I want to know though is surely VAR's got to look at that for a clear novice error. I mean, I suppose that the referees made a judgment so maybe it's a case of not re-refereeing yeah. the game. But at the same time, I've seen VAR down south upgrading a yellow card to a, to a red card because it was violent play. Now, this was violent play for me. So the the difference between a, a, a second yellow and a straight red, there's going to be a difference in his, his ban he's going to get there. So yeah. surely VAR's got to kick in there. But uh, it was just I, needless from the player. I don't know what the guy's issue is, Derek. It was a very strange one because he was clearly one of the best players, you know, the whole game in the first half. 
he seemed to have a bit of a, a chip on his shoulder playing against us. And then when things weren't going his way, you know, it was the, the niggling tackles. That's what he got his first yellow card for. And then that absolutely stupidity from him. But in our favour, because we were then playing against 10 men, it was only 12 minutes later that we managed to get the third goal. And Derek, the curse of the text message, because... Up until that point, I was getting really, really frustrated with Borna Barisic. And I texted you and I said, how many poor crosses is Borna Barisic going to put in the night? It seemed to be every single cross was either overhit or not clearing the first man, mostly overhit. But then on the 72nd minute, he managed to get a cross and it did take a slight deflection. It was a cross in from the left-hand side near the byline and Alfredo Morelos was there again. This is what we want to see from, from Alfie in the box, head up down, simple goal, pass the keeper, 3-1 Rangers. And at that stage, Derek, it looked as if we were cruising, didn't it? Yeah, just uh, delighted with the goal. Glad for Alfie as well. Just great from Barisic, finally putting on a good cross in the, uh, that game. Yeah, as I say, it was. Uh, I, I was getting a bit fr- frustrated with him, but you know, as I say, at that stage, cruising, Alfredo getting his second goal, I was delighted for him. And five minutes later, Derek, he could have had his hat-trick. Again, something that I've been waiting on since Alfredo Morelos signed for Rangers because I honestly don't think he scored a hat-trick for us. And this one would have been the, the pick of the goals. And this is the Alfredo Morelos that we want to see. On the 77th minute, there was a ball played up. The Kilmarnock defender goes in and manages to win the ball. But Alfredo, just sheer strength, tussles with him a good few times, manages to, to, to win the ball back. There's another defender in there. He uses his, his body strength to sort of barge the two players out the road, gets it in, into the box and turns and hits a fantastic shot. I thought the net was going to bulge, but a great save by the goalkeeper to deny him getting his hat-trick. That would have been a fantastic goal, Derek. But a minute later, he took Morelos off and I kind of thought, you know, we should be maybe keep my on here because we've got a way of shooting ourselves in in the foot, Derek, and inevitably, out of absolutely nothing on the 85th minute, Kilmarnock get a second goal. Tremendous goal, Derek. Absolutely fantastic goal from a defender. He'll not hit another goal like that, but it was just a a simple, straightforward, diagonal ball played into the Rangers' defence. The Kilmarnock defender was up there. It felt him perfectly just, just inside the box, hit it on the volley, battered it past McLaughlin, who... You know, is it maybe me, Derek? Could McLaughlin have done a bit better there? Because it, it seemed to be close to him. It was a fantastic volley. But it ended up in the back of the net. And we, you know, there was still at least five minutes of the game left, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, it's refreshing to get beat by uh, an actually stunning goal for a change rather than one of our totally fuck-ups, to be honest. Granted, the defence, the, there was a, a few points where they could have cleared the ball there, but... The actual final execution was absolutely stunning. Can't take that away for Kelly at all. But once again, it made it a nervy last five, ten yeah. minutes, didn't it? Why can't we just see a game out properly? Yep, it did, Derek. And, you know, Kilmarnock had brought on Kyle Lafferty at that point. And we all know Kyle Lafferty, you know, he'd, he'd done it a few times for us in the past, but he's certainly done it a lot for Hearts and Kilmarnock, where he can kind of get a goal out of nothing. And he almost did right at the end of the game, where the ball felt him outside the box, miles out. And he just absolutely whacked it. And at the last second, it took a swerve. And I honestly thought it was going into the back of the net, because McLaughlin seemed to take an absolute eternity to catch it. Made a bit of a meal of it, but thankfully managed to get the save very clumsily, but managed to, 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 to get a hold of the ball after that. I thought Kilmarnock had scored. Kilmarnock then had another chance right into stoppage time. I think there was only three minutes of stoppage time there, but they managed to get another one, a header, but thankfully it was past the post. McLaughlin and Tav getting a bit mixed up, trying back heels and stuff like that. Really, you know, calamitous stuff again at that stage of the match, but we held out, Derek, in, in the end, what should have been a really comfortable win again. Lapses in concentration and defence made it a lot more close than it should have been. But thankfully, we got the three points in the end on that pitch and against what could, could have been a really tricky op- opposition. So, again, Derek, 
just like we've said, delighted we've got the three points, but it was uh, it could have been a lot e- easier, couldn't have. I mean, we're getting the results. It's sometimes not the most prettiest. In fact, a lot of the, every the game's not been the most prettiest. But we're getting the results, which you could argue last season we wouldn't have wouldn't have done that, and even this season yeah. we wouldn't have done that. Yeah. So uh, you wanted to go on and talk about McLaughlin and McGregor situation, though, didn't you? Yeah, Derek, we've, we spoke about it before. Now, straight away, we thought because of this game, it was all to do with A, the pitch, and B, the way the, the style that Kilmarnock played. And if you'd have said to us before the game, 100%, we would have said, like you've already said, when it comes to crosses, McLaughlin's the man. You know, when we first signed him, he was fantastic coming out for crossballs. Last night, he looked completely out of his depth. He looked as if he's lost all confidence playing for us. I really feared last night, every single time that Kilmarnock put a cross into the box, we were really going to get punished because he never came for anything. He wasn't instilling any confidence in Goldson and Davies. They basically knew they were going to have to come for anything. And in my opinion, Derek, he's not as good a goalkeeper as what Alan McGregor is. Basic goalkeeping, even the way that Alan McGregor is now. You've spoke about McGregor, what has happened to him. It's inevitable that that these things are going. Personally, Derek, we're talking about new signings coming into the club. I think it is imperative that we sign a quality goalkeeper. Uh, A lot of people have been talking about McCrory. He maybe should be getting his chance. I don't know. I've not seen enough of the boy to say that, Derek, but I know if there was an established goalkeeper out there and we had the chance to sign him. That would be one of the first signings that I would be making personally. Yeah, I mean, I just think I loved McLaughlin as well for the fact that when he was in last year at the start of the season, he was outstanding, making absolutely worldy saves, even saves that would rival McGregor in his prime. But something just seems to have happened. And yep. whether that's because he's number two, you're not going to get a lot of time or... You know, just that Celtic game, as I said, it's just absolutely knocked him, knocked his confidence out. I don't know, but he's just certainly not the same player as, as he was. You mentioned McCrory there. I think it's been, Beal's already touted him for the number one spot, but then, you know, the, the way he's flip-flopping on McGregor, McLaughlin, McGregor, McLaughlin, saying different things in the media, who knows? So there are certain positions that need covered a, a goalkeeper, you know, as much as a striker scores you goals, quality goalkeeper saves you goals. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's arguably a bigger thing, to be honest, because anybody on the park can can score a goal. There's only one person that can save a shot from going in. So, yeah, that's that's definitely priority yeah. if, if McCrory's not going to get bled in. We obviously need other, other players as well, but yeah, we'll wait and see. So that leaves us in the Premiership. We have played 22-1-16, drawn four, lost two, scored 51, conceded 22, goal difference plus 29 and on 52 points. Nine points behind Celtic still and 23 less goal difference and we're 14 ahead of Hearts. So still that's yeah. nine point gap, still so still needing that snooker. Exactly. So in the games to come, we've got the next game on Saturday the 21st of January away against St. Johnson in the round four of the Scottish Cup. That's the 17th kickoff. We'll talk about that in the news. Saturday the 28th of January is at home against St. Johnson again in the Premiership. So a double header against St. Johnson. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Wednesday the 1st of February is the next game after that away against Hearts in the Premiership. 1945 kickoff. Saturday the 4th of February at home against Ross County in the Premiership. That's a three o'clock kickoff. And then there seems to be a two-week break and I can't see any games that are getting played. I don't know if it's Scottish Cup games. I don't know if it's um, you know, international. Yeah, I think it's internationals, Derek. I couldn't see any Scotland games listed on the, the BBC website. But um, And then it's Saturday the 18th of February away against Livingston in the Premiership. That's a three o'clock kickoff. And then Sunday the 26th of February it's at Hamden in the League Cup final against Celtic and that's a three o'clock kickoff as well so lots of games to play at least we'll have a wee two week break hopefully some more signings which we'll get into as well yes so we'll go into the news now so I finished off with hoping for signings certainly 
Only a couple of weeks left in the window. It's not looking great so far. However, it's rumoured that Todd Cantwell deal is apparently done pending a medical. And there's also rumours as well about Morgan Whitaker and Nicholas Raskin um, to be signing as well. But you know me, Dave. I really don't take much interest in the, the rumours. Derek, you know, impressed that I've no mentioned any rumours. No, you, you know, you know how I love the fact that we get <laughs> linked with so many players. I've always been like that, but I've never once mentioned it. It's you that's mentioned it this time. So maybe if that's the case, these ones actually might cut, come to fruition. Derek, who knows? Well, the fact that Robin van Persie is finally coming to Ibrox, you know. <laughs> exactly. So the next piece of news here is Mike Beal got named Manager of the Month for December. So as he should, they won all his games, I believe. So that's right, Derek. I mean, you know, we can say what we want. He's, he has had a fantastic start as the, the as as the Rangers manager, and you know, you know, it's it's, it's great that he's been uh, given that recognition. Yep, absolutely. Next one here is we've hired former Labour MSP Alistair Morrison to be the head of corporate affairs. He had been working for us on a consultancy basis and he was involved in the discussions over the fan zone in yep. 2020 as well. It's not a day-to-day role apparently, but it will focus mainly on the business and political dealings we have as a club. I'm not sure if that covers the head of comms role that David Graham left though, so I don't know if that's still vacant or this is right. filling part of that role. I'm not yep. too sure, but certainly good to have him on board anyway next thing here is our new restaurant the Blue Sky Lounge has been opened so it looks absolutely stunning from the pictures Dave I was meant to go to the Argyle Suite last month but you know childcare issues taking over so I'm hoping to get this booked shortly as well but it looks amazing yeah it does it looks fantastic Derek and uh, you know great another thing that supporters can go and enjoy so fantastic yep and the prices for the, the, the lunches don't look too bad either so can't grumble at that Next thing here is that Premiership clubs are to hold an emergency summit about VAR and in particular the handball rule. That is after Celtic demanded a meeting. Unbelievable. Of course, that was before the the semi-final when they were really lucky not to concede that penalty. So I'm not sure if they'll be so forthcoming about Uh the meeting this time, will they? The red neck that they've got, Derek, is is unbelievable. It's, It's incredible, but we'll... We'll wait and see what comes out of this meeting, but they, but, but they really are embarrassing. They, they, they really, really are. Yeah. I mean, they are going on about it's, it's rules that are not even to do with the SFA. It's to do with IFAB, and it's only IFAB that can, can change the handball rule in that respect. So I, I agree to an extent. VAR has had its issues, especially there at the weekend with the, the it was the communication breaking down. I don't think the actual videos broke down, but it was the communication between yeah. the wee office and, and the, the yeah. referee and linesman. But it's things like, why wasn't that second yellow for Armstrong not upgraded? Why didn't VAR look at that? Why didn't VAR look at the um, you know penalties? So there's a bit of confusion that way. So there, there's certainly you know the teething issue with that. But what Celtic are on about is rule changes they want because it doesn't suit them, ultimately. Yeah. So. Yep. Next thing here, I said about this in Johnson game that they are set for a record low for home fans in their Scottish Cup tie against us because they're giving three stands to us and they're charging £30 per ticket for adults. It's led to a fans group uh, boycotting the, the game and they've only sold around about 300 tickets. I believe a number of tickets were given away for free also, but a low uptake on them. Now, absolutely, the ticket price is shocking. We do it too, unfortunately. But that's just the nature of what we'll get into. Giving us three stands, I'm all for, and we've always said this, I'm all for home fans giving it to their own fans if they can sell them. But the clubs need the money, so if they can't sell the tickets to their home fans, they're well within their rights and they're absolutely correct to sell to the away fans. And as I said on Twitter last night, the clubs were quick to rush in to locking us into a shite TV deal. And if a club has voted against us for our funded proposal of an independent investigation into the governance of our game, then they've made their bed, they can lie on it. The only way clubs in Scotland make money is through tickets because the TV deal is that shite, because the other commercial deals are that shite. I mean, we've got fucking Grant's Vodka sponsoring us, for for God's sake. You know, it's not as if it's like Smirnoff, Dave. You know, we've got Grant's Vodka. It's only just a step above Tesco's own vodka at the end of the day. You know. Derek, there's a... A lot been said of this, but it's 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 been going on not just recently. I remember going to McDermott Park years ago, and Rangers 
getting two stands and half a, another stand as well. This isn't the, the, the first time that, that this has happened. And exactly like what you said, if, 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 if St. Johnson, if the St. Johnson fans come out and support their team and, you know, bought tickets for it and filled the stands themselves, we wouldn't be having this argument, but they're not. And their club has said, oh, well, you know, we're, we're almost guaranteed to fill all these stands. So, will charge astronomical prices, living off the blue pound again, like the vast majority of clubs have done for years now. They're going to make their money. It's going to be- benefit us as a team, having the more supporters there, which is fine. So I don't have an issue with it at all, Derek, with the the, the teams selling that amount of tickets to, to away fans because they can't sell it out, out themselves. That's that then the, that responsibility then comes down to the the, the supporters of St Johnson or whatever club it is that we're talking about. I mean, it leads back into the whole Aberdeen fans. They only taken was it fourteen thousand to Hamden for the for the the semi final there, and it's like. We taken something like eighteen, twenty thousand away to Leipzig for a fucking friendly. We had yeah. twenty thousand fans going to Germany for a friendly. They yeah. can't travel one hundred and fifty miles down the road for a, a, a game in a semi final. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that these clubs don't have the money that Rangers and Celtic have. They don't have the fan base that Rangers and Celtic have. But they bring that on themselves sometimes, and especially bring that on themselves when they vote for a TV deal, which is utter bollocks. I mean, I think. Uh, was it Amazon or was it one of the other streaming websites that for the MLS? They were getting an astronomical amount of money that uh, just through a streaming service for the MLS, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. You know, I mean the 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 and, and I'm not being you know degrading to the women's game at all, Derek. Before I get uh, called any names or anything like that, but there's more money getting pumped into the the the, the women's league in England than there is in the the the, the Premier League in Scotland, yeah. which absolutely incredible. Yeah. But that's what they voted for, so they can't yeah, blame Rangers exactly, when, yeah. when we get more stands. And the last piece of football news here is I've got at age 52, Bert Conterman has given up his life in football and coaching and is going back to college to do carpentry. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> a bit bizarre, but there, there you go. Yes. So, okay. you know. Good luck, Bert. I hope he's better at carpentry than he was at football. <laughs> He'll always have that goal at hand, and Derek oh, will always yes. have that goal, regardless of what happens. He will always be remembered for, for, for that goal. So I would he, trade that any day of the week. He certainly gave me wood that day. <laughs> Just that day. He's <laughs> done it, eh? <laughs> you know, I've, I've wanted to copy a few hairstyles in my time, Dave, but certainly that wasn't one of them. <laughs> Uh, I think it was a Dutch thing. I remember Ronald Vatteris's hair as well. That was a bit uh, Hasselhoff esque back in the day. But there you go. It's a perm. Exactly. So, guy nicknamed Sample after handing over tube of sperm instead of urine. <laughs> okay. Nicknames can be all sorts of wild and wonderful. That's why we asked for some of the best and we were not disappointed. So much so that we had to track down a bloke called Stephen Earls after his pals responded to a tweet where it was revealed that his nickname was Sample, all thanks to him handing over a tube of jizz instead of good old pee. (laughs) Stephen, who is 28 now, but 18 at the time with Instant, said that he was trying to get a new job and he'd passed all the stages apart from the important medical assessment. It's for a job. Oh my God. <laughs> he said, "All I had all the basics done: lungs, blood pressure, eyesight, and hearing test. This was my first proper job that included a medical, and before I'd never been asked to give a sample. I saw the nurse, and she gave me a brown envelope. <laughs> Inside was a clear tube. She said, then go to the bathroom and give me a sample. She didn't actually specify what the sample was, so I so I went in the toilet, and I was confused on what she wanted." <laughs> Unsure of what she wanted, Stephen thought it was only right that he produced a semen sample because <laughs> he was embarrassed to muddle the, up to hand over the urine. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Stephen from Wales went on to add. Anyway, after what seemed like a lifetime, I came back into the room <laughs> and gave the nurse the envelope. Oh, my God. <laughs> to which she opened and pulled out the tube and shouted, No, urine! That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a bombing sketch from in between us. Oh, man. In. That's amazing. Oh, dearie, dear. Uh, 
Well, easy, easy mistake to make, Derek. <laughs> well, if, she didn't, if she didn't specify. <laughs> oh, I can't actually read any more for tears. That's really tickled you there, Derek, hasn't it? <laughs> That's good one. <laughs> On that note, no, on that note, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh dear. Oh my god. On that note, we were getting to the <laughs> I was going to say pull yourself together, man, but that's maybe that, oh, that's that's maybe a bad definitely thing. Definitely not. Right. On that oh, note, we'll, we will end the podcast. Yeah. So, as ever, you can check us all out. There will be a website. I'm not even going to do it, Dave. But yep. you can go to all the usual podcast outlets. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Take care. You're not right need, man. <laughs> and the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Manchester, brace yourself. Rangers are coming! I've got to see her belly now. I know.